0: good morning good afternoon good evening welcome wherever you are in the world thank you for tuning in to the ic old people podcast the ic old people podcast is an ongoing study of seniorhood what it's like to become a senior i'm dr bruce your host today is april 7th 2020 we're in our third week of confinement for a pandemic that has uh, gone around the entire western world all through Europe at this point and now all through Canada and the United States. Um, I again want to clarify with everybody that I am uh, an aging senior, 60 years old, uh, just trying to uh, have some fun with a podcast and uh, it kind of got, what could I say, what's the right word, preempted. It kind of got preempted by, uh, by this whole experience with uh, uh, this pandemic. And uh, I, I just kind of refused to come on here again today and start talking to my, my few loyal fans, a few people who actually listen to me every week and, and just start to become a, a really bad uh, uh, newscast, basically. Um, last week I got into a little bit of conspiracy theories and all kinds of different things and my mind was really, really racing. So I'm really trying to stay more positive now while I'm going through this confinement. I, I have to say, I, I'm really thankful. Uh, I told you a couple weeks ago, like I said, this is our third week of confinement in Ontario. We are broadcasting from Storage Closet Studios in beautiful Norfolk County, Ontario. And uh, the streets, of course, were empty when I came in today. I, my office staff is working from home, so there's nobody. There has been nobody in this office now for close to three weeks, uh, so I can come in quite freely. Um, I make sure I'm careful, of course, and uh, and you know, people who are coming in and out of the office. There is a protocol. The entire mall uh, that we are in right here is in lockdown. Entire country. They actually close the trails in uh, in our county. They close the trails. People can't even go and walk outside. They they are discouraging people from even walking outside. It's a uh, it's actually a horrible time to be alive right now. So I'm not pleased with anything that's going on. I can't make heads or tails of it i got to tell you, though, I, I wanted to just get away from it. And I went through my box of, of things that I was going to use over time with the podcast. And what I was going to do over time was talk about different issues, you know, the accident that led to my PTSD, uh, uh, my career in healthcare, care, uh, you know, just different things. I saved all kinds of things. I wanted to talk about my father. I'd saved the eulogy that I had written for him when he, he passed away and i was going to read that and anyway i came across a couple of things that i had put in the box and i hadn't read in years and years and uh, i want to read them to you today it's going to be story time okay i wrote a a short story called freedom and i can tell you exactly when i wrote it because i i have it written on here uh copyright and I wrote copyright with a W, as, as you would write uh, uh, the Wright brothers. So I wrote copyright uh, 1994. And, of course, it was never copyrighted. Copyright 1994. So I would have been 35 years old. And what I had done was I had written a short story about the future in 1994, about the dystopian future that I saw coming, coming our way. And uh, and then I after I wrote the short story, I, uh, I actually put it into a movie concept and I sent it away to a few uh, places. I never, ever did get a response from it uh, from the from when I sent it away. But it's funny that I'm looking at this piece of paper and only someone my age could understand this. But you can see the perforation marks on the on the uh, sides of it and uh, all around all four sides, because this actually was printed on a dot matrix printer and a dot matrix printer used to be fed with paper, and the paper had holes on both sides, uh, and then uh, it would feed through a machine, would feed through these holes, would make the paper go through, and then this ball kind of floated around and and did the printing, it was called dot matrix. And you can actually see the different dots in uh, in the print as I'm looking at it. So I don't have time to read them both. I can't read the movie concept, and I can't read the short story. Uh, There's just there it's too it would be too long, and I think it would be too boring for everybody so anyway the movie concept was just kind of a summary of the uh, of the short story and uh, And now I have an exact date on so I was 35 years old. I'd been in practice for about 10 years maybe 11 years at that time and uh, I was looking at the future and this is kind of what I saw so this is it i hope you enjoy uh sit down uh, pour a cup of tea i have got i have my effervescent vitamin c right beside me here plus i have a little sip of my uh, iced coffee my black iced coffee so uh, you are getting to know me and then some of my habits i like my iced tea or and i like my iced coffee okay so everyone just sit down and And enjoy and then we'll have a real quick discussion after I don't know how long this is going to take to read because I've never read anything on the podcast before uh, to this degree. Okay, so Freedom written by Bruce Valtry in 1994. She couldn't believe that it was finally happening. She had known it was coming. She thought she was prepared, but the sheer emotion had overwhelmed her. The school was all that was left of him and now she watched helplessly as security personnel sealed the front entrance. Workers began removing the sign even as the first troops moved in to take the building. The authorities knew there would be no resistance. There never was. Naturop's were an easy target. The vehicle containing her, her son Michael and her two young daughters, Heather and June, smelled of diesel fuel its dark interior and stale air contrasted vividly with the brilliant afternoon sun she knew that she may never feel that sun again she couldn't comfort her children she couldn't say everything was going to be all right she couldn't say it because she knew it wouldn't be it was spring 2023 children she said i've never told you i've never told you the truth she began to sob we were all so happy here our life was so perfect i never wanted you to know how ugly the world had become i wanted to protect you from it but this is it they're going to take us from this place this wonderful beautiful life is over michael who was 14 was eager to understand his mother's anguish. The girls only cried. She contained her tears and began. In the late 1990s, people began to become aware of the emergence of superbacteria. The overuse of antibiotics for over 50 years had advanced the bacterial world. The incidences were rare, but a general consensus was developing some governments tried to reduce antibiotic consumption in animal herds and in common illnesses it was too little too late heather and june looked out the window they had never even heard the term antibiotics before they were much more interested in the in the men in the funny suits each window of the school was being boarded over large signs were erected with the word contaminated written in red letters she continued, the incidents became more common. Then in 2004, 22 kindergarten students in San Antonio, Texas died within one week of a strain of spinal meningitis. Not one antibiotic was effective. Those poor little children died one by one on national television. The world watched in horror as a collective body, everyone knew. The cupboard was bare. The bacteria that modern medicine fought so valiantly had won. The panic that followed those deaths brought down governments and the globe. People fled from the cities. Schools were closed. Hospitals were emptied. Every new death increased the fear. People were running from an enemy that they could not see and could not touch. Is that when people came out here, Mum? Michael asked. That's when your father and I came. We had to get away from the city. It was madness. She stopped for a moment to wipe her tears. People became extremely frightened. A small chain of hospitals in the United States seized an opportunity to profit from the fear. They modified their empty facilities, sanitized them, sealed them shut and ran air filtration systems throughout. They placed sterilization facilities at the entrances. They began to advertise the very first self-contained bacteria-free environment. Their ads showed scientists in crisp white lab coats walking through empty corridors with ultraviolet lighting talking about the sterile environment. The kitchen and all the food were treated. No bacteria would ever enter this facility. Come to Humana, the ads would say, you will be safe here. No one could have predicted the response to those ads. People began pilgrimages from all over North America to get to the Humana facilities. Riot police had to be called to control the crowds that attempted to enter. The first residents of the facilities were constantly displayed to the world, brimming with good health, playing shuffleboard in the filtered sunshine. I can remember your father pointing out those ads. He always said, look into their eyes. She continued with son's intense gaze remained fixed on her. She explained that it had been less than a year later that the first freedom was opened. Humana took over the abandoned Houston Astrodome. They converted it into 25 floors of controlled environment. The huge air exchangers looked like giant wings atop the old stadium. 100,000 people were admitted to that first dome. To enter the domes, people had to pass strict entrance requirements. Their health and financial status influenced the process. Preference was given to the wealthiest and the healthiest. They gave up their homes. They sold all their possessions and they left their families. All their savings were turned over to the Freedom. The power of attorney was always the last and most important document. When the applicant was finally selected, the freedom had complete control. It became mother and father as the applicant gave up all rights for the right to live in a germ-free world. A couple years later, Humana sold out to a consortium of pharmaceutical companies and freedoms were built all over the United States. The domes became larger and larger and eventually began to absorb government and private industry. Why are we so healthy then? Michael asked almost defiantly. You can thank your father for that. As the freedoms were growing your father developed the life principles that we all live here. He recognized then what the freedoms were and what they would become. Michael couldn't believe what he was hearing. He did, however, believe what he was seeing. It looked like a scene from a science fiction movie. Men in full body suits and helmets systematically sealing his home. He lived his whole life on this farm. He went to school. He played in the creek. His community was thriving. When sick people arrived at the hospital, dad had just said that they were from the city. He was beginning to realize Why once they recovered, they never went back. She continued, her voice changed. It softened as she spoke. The community started with only a few people, mostly farmers. Your father taught them his theories about germs and the body's ability to fight disease. He always argued that a healthy body was the best defense against germs, that the body needed no assistance he felt the germs were attacked he felt the germs were attracted to disease tissues that you already had to be sick in some way to invite germs into your body his favorite saying it was so hokey but he just loved it like fleas to a dog like sin to the church germs will always be with us germs remaining healthy and strong to resist infection. This was completely against the teaching in the domes. Germs are our enemy, the slogans would shout. Kill the germs, Was live longer, live germ-free and better living through chemistry were the official mantras. All available means were used to fight the war against bacteria. She paused as she reflected on the sequence of events Slowly the community grew as more and more people were turned away from the domes. The natural regimes of fresh air, exercise and healthy diet began to change the lives of thousands. The community was a dream come true. The community was giving new hope to mankind. All the buildings, the fields of organic vegetables, the water plant, were all part of a Great Vision. In the last few years, more and more people were opting out of the dome. And choosing this natural life. She turned back to Michael. Michael, she said, the natural movement began right here and was growing. Your father was going to begin teaching you and the others. We opened the school to move beyond this place, and that's why they killed him. She was interrupted as the security vehicle lurched away. Two armed men in bio suits entered directional input into the driving console, stupid asses. The driver commented to his partner, they're not even wearing speak. They're breathing this poison air. They may be bloody dead before we get them to the dome. The second guard turned back to speak to his captives. Don't worry, folks, we're going to get you to safety. We're going to save your lives. The cards laughed out loud as the truck raced towards the highway. Sorry, I got a little emotional reading that. But, uh, wow, you know, as I look around this dystopian world in 2020, I can't help but think that uh, so many things that I talked about in that short story are coming true right now. Replace bacteria with virus. Replace meningitis with, you know, the other one. And here we are. Replace the domes with a vaccine. Everybody's given control. Loss of personal rights. How could I have foreseen that? But I did. So I was 35 years old when I wrote that. I'm 60 years old now. And in those 25 years that have passed, I have seen the pharma machine, the medical machine, the industrial medical machine grow and grow and grow in power. And this is the result. What we are living right now on April 7th, 2020, is the result of that monolithic monopoly growth of the pharmaceutical industry and we all have to get our collective asses in gear and we have to fight this thing because this is not the way this world is going to end up there's no way we can let this medical menace control us to this degree I want to note because I have voiced this and put it on record That uh, we are in this together Humanity is not a virus We will overcome this we will crush this medical system and I don't know what else to say. I'm pretty emotional. I If you stay till the end. I love you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my story. My dystopian story. I sent it to a few studios with my copyright thing. A couple of them sent it back unopened. I guess that was the protocol. Maybe some other ones read it. Maybe uh, maybe it became a blueprint because it sure scares the shit out of me when I read it. I hadn't read that in 10 years and I pulled it out the other day and I uh, barely got through it. And again, reading it to you now, I barely got through it. So um, well, let's digest that and enjoy that story. Um, Freedom. They, They never made it into a movie. They made it into real life. All right. So this is Dr. Bruce on the edge three weeks into the quarantine it looks like the internet's still working i'm going to publish this episode right now i'm sorry for any edits that aren't there any oohs and ahs or ok's. i know i say okay a lot uh, thank you for staying to the end i love you honestly i'll talk to you next week i'll see you nt